Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Um, I want to do something just a little bit off the topic. We're going to continue on the the series. I'm still going to talk about missions this morning, but I want to talk about praying for missionaries um, and how to do it. And I don't know if you've ever been like me. You know, you, you have missionaries there in different parts of the world and... What, what do they need? Like, what do we pray for? And what I've tried to do through the years is, are there biblical patterns for things? And I found that there's actually a biblical pattern of how to pray for missionaries. And when I say this, I'm talking about your pastor is leaving uh, in a couple of days to fly down to Brazil and Uruguay. And so for the next period of time, he's a missionary. When your church went to Grenada, you, at that point, were missionaries. So, again, I'm not talking about missionaries only in the context of the professional missionary, but any time a people sets out on a journey to take the gospel and work in another area, uh, we need to be praying. So let's let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm going to silence my phone. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number twenty-five, and then you can probably pick up the points if you want to write some of this down or just the verses. First uh, Thessalonians five twenty-five, and remember, Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church that was a baby church that they had established. He's down in Corinth when he writes it. And he simply says here in verse 25, brethren, pray for us. So, I mean, the first thing I'd like to say for missionaries is pray. How do you pray for missionaries? Uh, You actually pray. I don't know if you've ever been guilty of this. If you've just, sometimes we say things that we, that are, that are culturally acceptable, but we don't mean them. For example, we meet someone, we say, how are you doing? Right? And what's the, what's the appropriate response when someone says, how are you doing? What do we say? Fine. Do you actually tell them, typically? Do you actually tell people how you feel? No. And do, do you actually want them to tell you how they feel? <laughs> Not really. To be honest with you, in, in Fiji, when you greet someone, you don't say, how are you? You say, where are you going? So if you were to just meet somebody that uh, in town, a friend that you knew or something, you say, hey, not how are you doing? You say, hey, where are you going? And I didn't know if that was the same thing as how are you? So when I first went and people would say, where are you going? I'd say, well, I'm going down over there. And then they're kind of standing there looking at me. And the proper response is that way. So I'll tell you, say, hey, where are you going? Oh, just down that way. Good. You, I'm going that way. 
boom, see you next time, and off you go. So one, one of the things that we habitually say is, hey, I'm praying for you. Um, I'll pray for you, but we, but we don't. And I realized there were many times when I was saying that to people, but when I thought about it, I actually wasn't. And I think missions, missionaries, are something we think about, but we, we do need to actually pray. I want to say something about prayer here for a moment. Prayer, to me, to this day, is one of the most mysterious paradoxes in my mind. Um, I don't feel like I need to tell God what to do. Like, I feel like God knows everything so perfectly, he doesn't need me describing to him what I think he should do about a particular thing. So, like, in my heart, I just want to say, God, whatever is the best, do it, and I'm behind you all the way. Like, why does God need me to pray specifics? And why would God limit himself to acting unless I pray? Because prayer, ha if God asks us to pray, it has to mean something. If God asks us to pray and that he would answer, it does mean that there are certain things that God won't do if we don't pray. And I don't know why he would set it up that way. Because I'm like, God, we are way too unfaithful of people for you to be hanging all these great eternal things on whether we prayed and asked you. So to, to me, it's a paradox in, in my own mind. And, and though I don't understand it, what does the Bible say? Pray. So what's the first thing you can do? in how to pray for your missionaries and people that are on mission, people at the test. Number one, pray. You've got to do it. Number two, oh, and I say something else about missionaries. You can't pray for all of them. There is no possible way you can pray for every missionary in the world. There's, there's too many of, of them. So which ones do you pray for? Um, and I'll, I just, it's just a couple of my own thoughts. Um, there are missionaries that your church has felt led to partner with, and obviously those are ones that the church body should be praying for. Um, there are other missionaries that perhaps your church is not able to partner with because all of our finances are limited. And if, if when I was pastoring, I just felt bad because there was all kinds of missionaries I would have loved to be part of, but just financially couldn't. But there are ones that God unites your heart with. And I think if, if you've been in church for a while, you will find that there have been certain missionaries along the way that for one reason or another, God has just knit them to your heart. And you may move, you may change churches over, over time, but there's just a special knitting that God does. And I think you need to recognize that when it happens. And when God's kind of knit your heart to a missionary, you, you become an intercessor for that particular um, missionary. And I know for me personally, through the years, God has given people for one reason or another where our hearts knit. And to, to, to be out on the front line, so to speak, knowing that there are people who are holding you up before the throne of God and fighting battles for you in prayer, there is a power and a strength that comes um, with that. Just, okay, number two, go to Second Thessalonians 3 and verse number one. And in each of these cases, this is Paul asking for specific prayer. 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse number 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. 
So notice what he specifically said to pray for, that the word of the Lord may have free course. So when you think about um, water flowing, um, what would stop water from having free course? What would stop it from flowing? A, a dam, right? Or uh, we, we do, in, in the tropics, a lot of our, our gardening, um, it, it rains all the time. So when you do gardens, you're always digging trenches um, for water to move so it doesn't drown your crops. But sometimes it's the mud piles up, leaves fall down, and suddenly you're, you're flooding. So you're always clearing the blockage so that it can have free course. The idea here is that Satan hates the work that we do. And if the word of the Lord has free course, people will get saved if they hear the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So our biggest goal is to get the clear message of the gospel to the ears of people that will hear. And Satan is always trying to keep the word of God from having free course. And that happens in many ways. For example, I'll just quote this here, 2 Timothy 4, 14. Paul says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou where also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. So Paul says, when I went to bring the word of God forth, Alexander the coppersmith, he withstood our words. Uh, when Paul first gets down to Cyprus and they get on um, the other side of the, um, uh, the island, there's the deputy, Paulus Sergius, who is ready to hear the word of God. And then there was this um, false prophet Jewish guy who was interfering. And I can't tell you the number of times that there has been an open door for me to speak, but there was somebody else planted in there that was actively talking and interfering or saying wrong things about the gospel that we wanted to present. Sometimes it's just a well-meaning Christian with false doctrines that's, that's withstanding. Sometimes it's just absolute opposition. Just know this. Anywhere that the gospel goes, Satan is going to put a roadblock to stop the word of the Lord from having free course. So what can you pray for every missionary? Lord, I pray for missionary so-and-so, that as they labor in this area, that the word of the Lord would have free course. Lord, if there is any person or anything that's blocking the free moving of the word of God, I pray that you would rebuke it, bind it, let the word of God have free course. When your pastor goes this next week, there's going to be opportunities to speak. And by the way, it's not only speaking the gospel. Just not, not just the gospel. I, I hope you would agree that some of the things that we've talked about this week are going to unlock the furtherance of the gospel around the world. Like the, the teaching of missions in a right perspective is going to get the word of the Lord to more places. And that's what I feel like I'm trying to do in churches is to block some of the things that have stopped the free moving of the word of God. So sometimes uh, I think pastor's going to be speaking um, to believers, to men and, and young men. So it's also that the word of God would have free course in them. So sometimes there are things in people's minds that are blocking the word of God. Right? Sometimes it's presupposition. Sometimes um, those strongholds that we battle against are strongholds often in the mind. It's false thinking. And Satan can't possess a believer, but he can influence externally wrong thinking that will block the word of God. So as you pray 
You pray for the lost that are going to hear. You pray for the saved that need to be taught and that anything that would block the free moving of the word of God would be removed. Okay, um, let's go to Colossians chapter number four, verse number two. Colossians 4, verse number 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. So continue in prayer. Verse 3, with all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which also for which I all am also in bonds. So at this point, Paul is, is in prison, he's in bonds, and he's asking them to pray that God would open a door for him to utter the word of God. And what that simply means is um, there has to be somebody, there has to be a door open for you to speak to somebody. And that's what, what he meant there. So here he is in prison, and what's he wanting to do even while he's in prison? God, I'm bound here, but would you open a door for me to have an opportunity to utter the gospel to someone. And if you read in Philippians, when Paul from prison, Paul writes to the Philippians, and he said, hey, even though I'm bound here, God has actually opened doors for me to speak the word of God in the palace. And if you look at the last part of the book of Acts, Paul, most of that is bound. He's, he's in prison, he's on house arrest, he's going, here he goes before Felix, here he goes before Agrippa, and he's appealing right to Caesar. And with Paul, even though he was bound, these were all opportunities that he had to speak the word of God to someone else. So when you go, you land in a country, that doesn't mean anybody, that doesn't mean there's yet an open door for you to speak. Um, this evening at the six o'clock service, I'm gonna talk about open doors. And I'm, I'm gonna, because Paul talks about it several times in the Bible. And I wanna, I wanna sh share with you in almost every scenario that God has allowed us to go into countries to preach the word of God, I've not known people, I've not known really what we're going to do, and all of our greatest forward movement has been a door that God opened that we didn't anticipate. That doesn't mean it's wrong to plan, we always plan. And whenever I take teams, I tell the teams, our plan is very fluid, we're gonna put a plan we have an idea of what's in front of us, but we're looking for the open door. Like we want to sense, not just from, because we can only see things from our eyes, from our human point of view, but there are things that God sees that we don't. And God says, behold, I have set before you an open door. So what do we need an open door to do? We, we have a desire to preach. In, in many places, there are cultural barriers, traditional protocols, laws, general disapproval for those who have come. They make it difficult to preach, but you have to pray for open doors. And I, I bet if, if you had missionaries come through the church and during your Q&A time with a missionary, if you ever asked them this question, can you give us an example of where God just opened a door for you? And I won't take time this morning because so many come to my mind, we'll save that for tonight. Ask them that question and listen to them tell you things that God did that opened the door. And here you are with your list of 10 things you're going to try to get the gospel out, and then God opens the door. So what can you pray for your missionaries?
Lord, open a door for this missionary to have an opportunity to speak the word of God to someone or a group and help this missionary to recognize that open door. Lord, even if their plans are this way, but you've got an open door for them, give them eyes to see it and a heart to follow it. So you pray for those open doors. Um, next, let's go to Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. This is what he specifically prayed for him as a missionary. That utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, this is a little bit different than God open a door. This one is, Lord, give me the boldness to speak when you've opened the door. Now, Paul is asking that you would pray for him, that he would open his mouth boldly. Doesn't Paul seem like the bold man to you that was never afraid to speak to anybody at any point? But what's Paul asking? Give me boldness to speak. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unlift a veil for you today. There are very few people that I've ever met that are not somewhat afraid when an opportunity to speak to lost people is before them. I've been doing this for a long time. I have... I have seen God open unusual doors. Our last trip to Zambia, I'll talk about it tonight. Through an amazing series of events, we en ended up in the palace of the king of Barotsi land, one of the most powerful kings in Zambia. And it's not an easy process to get there, but there we found ourselves with this king for five minutes, which turned into about a 20-minute I was told five minutes is all you get. It went to 20. We were able to give him a Bible. We were able to talk about why and able to briefly share the gospel and pray for him with, a, with his hand of blessing on everything we do in Western Zambia, which comes under his uh, kingdom and, and domain. You know what that was? That was an open door. But, you know, when you get into that place, uh, all the Zambians are, like, on their face, crawling on the floor, even their prime minister you know, they, they, they look at him like a, a god in, in, in sense. And now there I am for this brief few minutes to speak. I mean, have you ever stood in front of a king? I don't care if it's a tribal Africa and whatnot. There's a little bit of, you know, your breath gets taken away just a, a little bit. and You don't want to offend and you want to do this and that, but you've got a purpose to do. I'll tell you this, I am intimidated all the time. Every, every time I come up to a lost person that twitches their head at me a little bit, man, I just am like, have a nice day. I'd rather go the other, uh, the other way. So you know, you know what we need? You know, every one of your mission, you know what Paul said? I need prayer that I would have the boldness to speak 
when God opens the door. So what do you pray for your missionaries? Lord, I pray for missionaries so-and-so that you would give them boldness to speak. Lord, if they're feeling intimidated and scared, because don't think just one day you become a missionary and all of a sudden those fears all jump away. They don't. You're still the same you that you always were. And so you're going to pray that God would give them boldness to utter the word of God. Um, I, I just want to read something Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy um, 4.16. He said, At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, that, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. You, do you understand that there were periods of time where Paul really truly was forsaken? You know, we look at Paul today in a beloved way, but, you know, Paul writes to the Galatians and he said, where is the blessedness that you used to have towards me? There was a time you would have plucked your eye out for me. And he said, now I'm like become your enemy because I tell you the truth. Do you understand that the, some of the churches that Paul himself was part of uh, establishing turned against him? That there were men, Alexander the coppersmith, that did him much evil. Alexander is listed earlier as one of the members of his team. You know how hard that is when people that were once with you are now against you? You get courage when you're in a team. Like when you've got people standing with you and, and behind you, it, it strengthens you. But then suddenly, when you like Paul, here he tells Timothy, he said, at, at this particular point, there's no man standing with me. I'm, I'm alone. Wow. You don't know, because, because missionaries usually are not able to fully tell you all that they're going through. We've had some marvelous, marvelous, amazing things that God has done, and we've had some very, very dark days. And typically, because missionaries aren't looking for pity, they're not looking for people to feel sorry for them, they're always trying to uplift you. So sometimes it's not that they're, they're not being transparent, it's just that they're, they're keeping a lot of that to themselves. And so there'll be times when a missionary just doesn't feel like he can do it. So what are you going to pray for your missionary? Lord, give them boldness. Give them boldness to speak. Lord, as you open doors for them, just give courage to the missionaries. Whatever, whatever things may have happened or kind of discourage them and bring them low, would you stand with them like you stood with Paul? Would you strengthen them so that the preaching can be fully known? Okay, let's go to 2 Thessalonians 3, 2. Second Thessalonians three and verse two. We'd already looked at uh, verse one earlier, asking, you know, prayer that the word of the Lord may have free course. Uh, but then he says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. So Paul said along the way, there are unreasonable and wicked men. Now, any opposition to the gospel is unreasonable. Um, communist China has an unreasonable fear of the gospel because the gospel does not create rebellions. The gospel actually creates freedom. Um, the, the gospel sets people free and brings people into liberty. And yet so many cultures of the world, world fear what 
the gospel may bring. If well, and I guess if you're in a minute, much false religion uh, dominates people, and when the gospel sets people free, people do lose their power. False religion loses power, and they fear that, and so they're often unreasonable and wicked. Remember when Paul and Silas um, were in Philippi, and there was a demon possessed woman. I mean, you would think it would be an act of mercy to deliver a demon-possessed woman from that affliction. So the demon comes out of her, and that woman's grateful, but, but the men of that city are so angry that that woman is no longer their servant and their slave for everything that they used her for with that demonic influence that they grab Paul and Silas, they bring them before the city. These men are teaching laws and customs that are unlawful and blah, blah, blah. And then they take them and they beat them and they imprison them. Please tell me, is that reasonable? All across the missionary world, the Bible and history are filled with examples of unreasonable and wicked men. And look, these wicked people will do just about whatever's necessary uh, to keep them in power. So we need to pray for our missionaries that they will be delivered from those unreasonable and wicked men. They're everywhere. They're right here in, in, in your city, right? Satan hates this work just as much. And that's, you know, Paul warned the church at Ephesus of wolves and of men that will arise, uh, perverse men that'll, that'll end up in your church. So it's not unique to the rest of the world. Uh, sometimes it's the devil you don't know versus the devil that you do know. Right? So you get into these other parts of the world and the devils act a little bit differently and, and take you by surprise. So we're going to pray for our missionaries. We don't, we don't have to know who are the unreasonable and the wicked men. We don't have to know the exact circumstance, do we? Because we know, God already tells us, they are unreasonable and wicked men. And I'll tell you, this: the, the way the Spirit of God may just bring a missionary up to your heart at a particular time and season and and maybe with one of these particular points and you just feel led father i pray for brother and sister so and so that are in this place lord if there are any unreasonable and wicked men that are coming up against them i pray you would just destroy their work you would ruin their plans i pray that that door will still remain open okay uh, let's go to romans fifteen thirty. time did you say we're done 10 15 okay let me just i'm going to just give you the last three um and and you can read them um th this romans 15 paul asks that the church would strive together with him in prayers right so the point here is pray that churches stand with their missionaries right you would you would be surprised if you knew some of the way that churches withdrew from standing by missionaries so just pray for that uh number seven pray for strength in trials and the reference is 2 Corinthians 1.8. And this is where Paul talks about all the trouble, how he'd been pressed out of measure beyond strength. And he said, ye also helping together by prayer for us. So there are trials that the missionaries are going through that you don't know about, but they, they are existing just like they are for you. So you're going to specifically pray that God would strengthen them in the trials that they're facing. And number eight, pray for the missionary families their family. Romans 16, 3 talks about Aquila and Priscilla. 
2 Corinthians 4.19 talks about Aquila, Priscilla, the household of, of Onesiphorus. And I could, I could do you a whole other session just on the family of a missionary. I already mentioned a little bit last night about kind of different things that wives have to go through. Uh, the marriage is under attack. There are stress levels put on family. There are cultural issues with children, you know, never really being one of them, never really being one of us here. So there's unique uh, difficulties that children, so a very specific prayer for the missionaries' um, family. So anyway, I hope you'll look up those other references. So, all right. Father, thank you for today, and just thank you for this helpful admonition of how to pray for our missionaries. Um, Father, so we, we do lift up today um, all the missionaries that in particular are supported by this church. We ask, Lord, that you would allow the word of the Lord to have free course where they're ministering. Uh, we pray for Pastor uh, Josiah as he goes down this next week to preach, that you would give the word of the Lord free course. We pray that you would uh, open very specific doors uh, for him to be able to uh, speak the gospel we pray, Lord, that you would give him boldness to utter the word of God, even if it's in sort of an intimidating scenario. We pray that you would deliver him and his wife and who they'll be working with, the team there from unreasonable and wicked men, just bind up any plans that they have. Um, we pray, Lord, for whatever trials they are facing now, will face, or maybe what the, the missionaries are working with, you'll just strengthen them. And Lord, we're just grateful for a good biblical pattern of how to pray for missionaries. We love you. We pray you bless the service to come in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.